Well, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 9. How many people have been enjoying the Olympics? Anybody see Usain Bolt and the Jamaicans yesterday get 36.85? Well done to Jamaica. 50 years of Jamaica uh, independence. So it's fantastic as they're celebrating as well. And uh, these guys are just uh, amazing. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know, in verse 24, that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things or goes into strict training. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we do it for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Tell your neighbor it's time to continue to run. Amen. It's time to continue to run. I don't know about you, but thinking about the athletes and the Olympics, uh, there's tremendous parallels when it comes to our Christian faith. I remember turning up to one of my cell members, the cell groups the other day, and, and we had a good prayer time. And you know, often you can pray nice prayers. Anybody pray nice prayers? And then suddenly you can pray something that comes directly from the Spirit of God. Don't ask me how it works. Sometimes you can pray and God's there. Sometimes you can pray and it seems like God is not there. But we started to pray and God didn't seem to be there. His presence didn't seem to be there. And we had general prayer. But then I prayed this prayer in the line with the Olympics. And I prayed, Lord, make me a gold medal Christian. Hallelujah. Make me a gold medal Christian. Make me a gold medal disciple maker. And as I begin to pray this prayer, a lot of prayer just begin to pour out of my heart to God and say to God, Lord, we need to be excellent. Lord, we need to go the extra mile. Lord, we need to be an example to London. Lord God, raise up gold medal Christians. And as I begin to pray, a lot of the guys, they were like, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, all this kind of thing going on in the prayer. You know, often prayer is something that comes directly from the Spirit of God. And I've named this title of this message, Becoming a Gold Medal Disciple. How many disciples do we have here? How many wannabe disciples? Hallelujah. I want to be like Usain Bolt. Hallelujah. Age 25, running over 10 seconds, under 10 seconds, glory to God. But Usain Bolt in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Running, being a gold medal athlete. Now these athletes, they train for four years. What we see during the Olympics this last two weeks has been people winning, winning medals. And that's what we see. But we don't see the work that they put in. Sometimes if you want to be the best, if you want to be a gold medal Christian, a gold medal athlete, you need to put the training in. You need to put the work in. And when you're on the track or you're swimming or whatever race you may be involved in, that's when you're going to get the edge on your opponent. Anybody seen Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time, get his over 20 medals? Uh, great to see. But during his race, his butterfly event, that was his favorite event. And if you saw it, it was the South African who beat him. This young South African. Thank God for South Africa. And I was watching that race, and you thought, well, Michael Phelps, he is the champion. Surely he's going to win. But yet there's two athletes. There's actually eight athletes in a row. And these two athletes at the finish line, they're neck and neck. And you think, well... Michael Phelps, surely he's going to win because he's trained. He's trained for four years. He's experienced. Surely he's going to win. Michael Phelps was just about to touch the edge of the swimming pool and suddenly, out of nowhere, leapt this South African guy. He leapt out of the water. He put one more bit of energy in and bang, he touched before Michael Phelps. And that was the difference between gold and silver. This determination that you saw in this young South African boy who's been dreaming of being a gold medalist, he's put four years of training, and his training made the difference. 
Hallelujah. Now, if you want to be a gold medal Christian, there's certain things that you need to put into your, into your life, put into practice. Now, what are the things, shout out if you can, what are the things that make up a gold medal athlete? What are the attributes or the values that you would think would make up a gold medal athlete? What's that? Determination, yep. Discipline, yep. Dedication, yep. Practice, yep, you've got to practice. My God, if you don't practice, can you imagine an athlete who doesn't practice? Lord, have mercy. Any other attributes that you can think of? Consistency, yep. Time. Putting the time in, yep. Prayer, well, some athletes didn't pray. Maybe they prayed, God help me, hallelujah. But they're not, they're not Christians. There's 10 things that I've got here that I believe that make a gold medal champion, a gold medal champion. And one here, he says here in verse 27, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. I don't want to be disqualified. Do you want to be disqualified? I mean, that's the worst thing that, that can happen. You've trained for four years. Anybody saw the 800 meters? I think the women's final, the 800 meters. They were running around the track and this woman from the United States, she tripped up and she fell. And I asked the question, why didn't she get up? And suddenly all these emotions, all of the desires that was in her heart for four years, this dream that she had was crushed by her just falling over. They put the effort in. She doesn't want to become disqualified. She wants to win the gold medal. Now I want to propose to you today that as a Christian, you should have that mentality. Hallelujah. You should have a prayer that's saying to God every day, Lord, I want to be the best that I can be. I want to be a gold medal disciple. I want to be a gold medal Christian. When the pastor asks me to volunteer, I want to be the first one. When the pastor asks me to pray, I want to be the first one there at the prayer meeting. If we're going out evangelizing, I want to be the first person there. Hallelujah. Any cleaning jobs going, I want to be there cleaning. Anything. This is what a mentality is when you, you want to excel in the things of God. Anyone asks you to do something, you're the first to volunteer. Discipline is one of the most important things in an athlete's life. And discipline is one of the most important things in our lives. Nobody likes discipline, do they? Or to be disciplined. But if you want to be the best, you've got to put the effort in. If you don't practice, somebody said, it doesn't make you perfect. You don't move forward. Now, what are the things you need to do in discipline in the Christian life? What disciplines would you think that would be necessary for you to become a gold medal disciple? Shout them out. Read your Bible. Amen. Glory. Pray. Yep. Anything else? Read your Bible and pray. Worship. Get in the presence of God. Yep. Fast. Yep. Share the good news. I thought you said watch the news. No. Share the good news. I mean, that's an interesting one. I mean, evangelism. Evangelism is sometimes that gauge between whether you're a gold medal Christian or a backslidden Christian, if you know what I mean. When you're face to face with somebody who doesn't believe what you believe, can you answer their questions? Can you share with them the love of God? Can you answer them? Are you excited? And even though you may not know the answers to the questions, you're not discouraged because you know in whom you believe, hallelujah. But if you're not involved in evangelism, maybe all we are is churchgoers. And I don't wanna be a churchgoer. I mean, I want to come to church, but I don't want to just be a churchgoer. I mean, I don't want to just come to church, sit in my seat, say amen, hallelujah, pray, word, read your Bible, all that kind of stuff, 
and then do, do nothing. I want to change. I want to move forward. And as an Olympic athlete, this is what Olympic athletes will be doing at this year's Olympics. Whatever they got, silver medal, gold medal, or whether they just got their personal best, they'll be going back to their training camp and they'll be looking at their life and saying, what disciplines, what changes do I need to make in my life in order to get better? Amen? And that's exactly what we need to do. That's what Paul was saying here. I discipline my body. And I bring it into subjection. I tell my body to be quiet when I don't want to get out of bed on the morning. When I don't want to pray on the morning. When I didn't want to come to church at the 2.30 service because I thought I could go to Hyde Park and watch the Olympics. Hallelujah. I discipline my body. I say, no, you're going to the 2.30 service. You're going to listen to Christians' amazing preaching. Hallelujah. And you are, are going to glorify God. Hallelujah. You're going to be a gold medal disciple. I discipline my body. I tell my body what to do. Number two... I believe focus. An Olympic athlete, when they're going at the Olympics, is focused on one thing. What are they focused on? They're focused on winning. Anybody like losing here? No, we don't like losing. We like winning. They like winning the gold medal. Some athletes are focused on bronze and silver. Most athletes, if they think they're the best, are focused on the gold medal. Some athletes know they're not good enough, and they realize their ability, and they know they're just going for a personal best. Now, anybody see the Kenyan athlete, Radisho, is he called? I think uh, Dudley gave me his name. I mean, that guy just came out, Radisho, just came out of the, of the track, and he just bombed down. I mean, he was sprinting 50 seconds a lap, almost 50 seconds, in, uh, 400 meters, bang, ahead of everything, and he just smashed the world record. Why? What, what happened to him? He was just totally focused, focused on one thing, and that one thing was winning the gold. I want to ask you a question. Are you focused on the things that God has called you to do? Are you focused on what God's called you to do? I remember being in Bible school, and I'd come from the northeast of England, and uh, I was about 18 years old. And uh, I remember people just prophesying on my life, saying, you're going to be an evangelist, you're going to be a, a preacher. And so I didn't really receive something directly from God, but I started telling people, listen, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to preach in front of thousands of people. I've got a picture on my wall of thousands of people. That's what I'm dreaming about. I know what God's called me to do. Now, at that point, I, didn't, I wasn't able to speak in front of people. So it was just a dream in my heart. And I would sit down with Bible college students, and I would ask them, what's your vision? What's God placed in your heart? What's your focus? Where's your niche? What's your gift? And sad to say, a lot of people, when you ask that question, got really nervous. They got really nervous because they didn't know what they were called to do. They didn't know where they were going in life. They just go, gone to Bible school because it was something good to do. Someone handed them a perspective and said, oh, well, I've got some time. I think I'll go there. See, an athlete is someone who's focused on what they're called to do. And I don't know what you're called to do. You might be called to be an evangelist, a pastor. You might be called to start a business and go to the business forum. You may be called to go to the Bible school in September, you know, with a focus of going into ministry. But every single person is called to do something here in the church. Hallelujah. Every person has their gift from God. And you need to know exactly what that gift is. An athlete doesn't go into the race not focused on the prize. Here, Paul says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Hallelujah. What? Obtain what? Obtain the prize. Becoming a gold medal disciple is finding out what you should be focused on. Now, here in KT, we encourage you to be a disciple. How many people are in a cell group? How many people want to be in a cell group? Hallelujah. How many people are not awake? 
We're here to make disciples. That's our focus. Our focus in church is to be a disciple, which means to be a follower, to move forward with God. Asking them, are you moving forward? Are you moving forward? You know, in the things of God. Ask them right now, are you moving forward? Because, you know, you can be here for 10 years, 20 years. You can be here for three months, and you can be stagnant. An athlete is someone who's focused and someone who's moving forward and someone who's identifying the next step that they've got to take. Now, if you've done an encounter weekend, the next step for you would be the Living Free course that's starting the third week of September. If you've done the Living Free course and have yet to do the leadership course, the next level in September is for you to do the, Living Free, the, the Master and Leadership course. Maybe you've done Master and Leadership or you're a mature Christian, the next step for you is to start discipling other people. So a gold medal disciple is someone who's fixed on the prize. Number three, strict training. It says here, and everyone who competes for the prize goes into strict training. Oh my days. What's, what has God called you to train in? What has God called you to train in? In KT, we've got the Bible school. Now we've got a tremendous Bible school that Colin is going to be running in September. That's going to, it's an awesome opportunity, nine till one. If you can do it, everybody in KT should do the Bible school. But often you can't do it because it works. So we have the evening courses where you can train in the Bible and know how to teach people and know how to move forward to God. An athlete goes into strict training. Number four, an athlete is committed and consistent. Committed and consistent. Can you imagine today what would happen if you put in just a little bit more effort into your Christian faith? A little bit more consistency, a little bit more passion. An athlete is someone who turns up early because they're passionate about improving. Anybody heard of David Beckham? Now, David Beckham is not the best footballer in the world. I didn't think he'd ever be the best footballer in the world. But many people believe that he's the best free kick taker in the world. Now, he was in a very good team called Manchester United. Amen. Who are the leading champions of the premiership with the most titles ahead of Liverpool, despite what happened last season. Now, he was in a very good team, a very good player, a very good corner kick taker. But in his practicing, he was committed and consistent that he would always stay back late and wasn't satisfied with his, with his progress. He was scoring free kicks. He was having a good career. But he wasn't satisfied. He would stay behind and he would be the one practicing one hour, two hours. What, what, what was his mentality? Because he wanted to improve. He wanted to move forward. Now, some of us in church, we have a different mentality. We don't have a gold medal mentality. We're not consistent like that. We, as soon as the service finishes, bang, we're straight out to McDonald's. Because that's our focus. Our gold medal hamburger. Hallelujah. That's what we're dreaming about right now. Today at the coronet, we had jollof rice and chicken. So if I do fall asleep in the middle of the preaching, you'll know why. Now you might be focused on that, but a gold medal champion who's consistent is coming to church, stays behind at the end of the service, meets people, greets people, welcomes people. They own the church. They say, I want to be consistent. I want to welcome people. You know, if you want to be a, a minister in revival, if you want to see God's power, sometimes God's power happens when everybody's went home. Everybody has went home. You know, when you stay behind for that 15 minutes, that extra time. You see, extra time is where revival comes. Hallelujah. Yesterday, I was at the Saturday service. There was about 50 people here. 
And when we give the altar call, three people came forward and gave their lives to Christ. Then after the service, I was preaching a similar message to this. And at the end of the service, everybody went home. And there's only about five or six people left. Those two people who came forward, they were first time here in the church. There was nobody to welcome them. So I welcomed them. I got their telephone number. I prayed with them. This guy just recently gave his life to the Lord. And I started to think about my message. I thought, my God, if I hadn't been here, if I hadn't been waiting around, these guys wouldn't have been in contact with anybody. Now, if you are trying to grow your cell group or trying to move forward with God, and you're saying, God, give me a soul, give me someone that I can help, give me someone that I can encourage in the things of God, sometimes you just need to stay around a little bit, hang around in church, and start to meet people and to greet people. Number five, an athlete is someone who perseveres, someone who has a bit of fight in them. Hallelujah. Anybody got any fight inside of them? need to have a bit of fight and determination. Because towards the end of the finishing line, that's when you need the fight. Anybody can run a race. You've seen these Mo Farah yesterday. I think it was the 10,000 or the 5,000 meters. Everybody's in the race. Everybody's budgering people, trying to get past. They've got this strategy. But it's at the end of the race where you win the prize. It's at the end of the race where it's the toughest where you feel like giving up. And an athlete knows, many of them went to high mountains to run. Why? To train. They went to high mountains so they could learn how to breathe in difficult situations that when they get on the lower ground, they can have perseverance and determination that they need to get through. Now, perseverance is what you need as a Christian. Some of you might be going through a tough time today. Difficult circumstances that you're facing. God's not answered your prayer like you wanted him to answer your prayer, like gold dropping from heaven. God doesn't often do that. Just give us the things that we need. Often we need to persevere. I remember the woman who came to Jesus and her and daughter was demon-possessed. And she said, listen, go and heal my daughter. And Jesus completely ignored her. Jesus was looking for some determination. She said, Lord, come and heal my daughter. He said, you know, I'm not going to take the children's bread and give it to dogs like you. And this woman could have been upset. What, you call me a dog? Who are you to talk to? You're a dog. You know what I mean? She didn't get caught up in a fight. She was determined. She knew that Jesus could heal her daughter. She came again at a third time. She had determination. Lord, I prayed. You didn't answer. Well, I prayed again. You didn't answer. Well, Lord, I'm here again. And I am not going anywhere until you give me the answer. And that's exactly what happened to that woman. She came back again, and Jesus said, wow, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And the Bible says, at that hour, her daughter was healed. That's determination. Athletes, gold medal Christians, they have this fight about them, this tenacity about them. Now, anybody see the U.S.-Canada game? The girls, the girls who play football. Any girls who play football here? Don't ask me why I was watching the girls playing football. Probably because there was no men playing football. I was upset that Brazil got beat yesterday. Now, anyway, in the middle of this game, it's about not giving up. It's about determination. Sometimes the difference between winning and losing is just sheer determination and perseverance. If you give up, maybe you'll never get, you, you would have never known whether you would have got the prize or not. You've got to be determined. In the U.S., there was 3-3, and I was praying with all my heart that Canada would win. Don't ask me why, because the states that, are they still top, by the way? They always seem to be top during the Olympics. So I was a little upset with that. And I thought, I don't want them to win. 
And so here, 3-3, three, three, and it's gone to, to penalties, something. Anything can happen at penalties. But the U.S., they have this grit. They have this determination to keep moving forward. And they kept attacking right to the final second. And guess what happened? Unfortunately for me, they scored. I was upset, but they were determined. Because the states in athletics and the things that they're doing in sport, they have this tenacity and the determination about them. Now, in our Christian life, we need to have the same determination when it comes to believing God, when it comes to growing church, when it comes to being consistent in our Christian walk. We need to be determined to keep moving forward, looking at areas of our life and say, no, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to be the champion that God has called me to be in the name of Jesus. You may look at your life right now and your family are not born again. Well, just encourage yourself in the Lord and start to believe Him that they can get saved in the name of Jesus. That God is looking out for them. Start praying faith prayers again and start believing that the same God of miracles can be your God in the name of Jesus. And that He can turn around your situation. Number six, an athlete is somebody with a good attitude. A good attitude. Nobody likes someone with a bad attitude. Can you imagine your cell group? If you have a bad attitude leading your cell group, no one's going to come. You know why? Because no one wants to be around anybody with a bad attitude. Some people in church these days just are like, all right, preach at me. Entertain me. See what you got. They come with a bad attitude. No one wants to change when you're like that. I'm not changing. I don't care what you're telling me. I'm not moving forward. I don't care. I just came here to put my money in the offering, then I'm off. You know, an attitude. Wynne Lewis, who is the former senior minister in the church, he said, your attitude is your altitude in which you'll graduate in the things of God. If you want promotion, if you want to move forward with God, if you want to move forward in your business or in your job life, it's going to be because you have a good attitude. People promote people with a good attitude. People leave people behind with a negative attitude. Because you think, well, I don't want to be around negative people. Anybody want to be around negative people? Nobody. Now, if you want to be a worshiper, I've heard this thing in church where people don't like the worship. Anybody heard that? Oh, the worship wasn't good today. Oh, the preaching wasn't good today. Oh, the church wasn't good today. Oh, it was this. It was that bad. This person upset me. That per Don't focus on the negative. Focus on the positive things. Because it's got nothing to do with the worship leader, whether the worship is good or not. Do you know that? It's got a lot to do with us in our heart. We could have no instruments right now and all of us. Let's worship. Hallelujah. We just let it out, a shout of praise to God. No one told me to do anything. I have made my mind up. I've been in my bedroom and I'm coming to church. I've got a good attitude. I'm going to meet with God. And when the worship leader, he starts or she starts singing, I'm going to start singing. I'm going to shout and scream for Jesus because I love Jesus. That's a good attitude. Some people at the end of the seven, when we do our praise parties, they're shouting down there, come on, come on, Jesus, Jesus, more, more, more. That's the kind of attitude that we need to have in worship. Pastor, what are you doing praying? I'm, I'm worshiping God. I want to worship more. I love Jesus. We want the presence of God here. And I tell you, when that happens at the 11 o'clock service, it's amazing when you get up here and you're praying and the people of God are all over the place and they, who's leading the meeting? The people are. Because they want to continue to worship God. And you just stand back and just say, wow, this is awesome. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because they have the right attitude. A good attitude. Some people were upset that Justin Gatland got the bronze in the 100 meters. Why were they upset? They were upset because the guy has a bad attitude. That was the first thing they recognized. No one likes a guy with a bad attitude. Why wasn't Tyson Gay? Why didn't he get the bronze? 
We like Tyson Gay, but we don't like this Justin Gatlin. Why? Because he's got a bad temper. He's got a bad attitude. Nobody likes someone with a bad attitude. Number seven, excellence. Excellence. Do you have excellence in your Christian faith? Do you have a spirit of excellence? What does it mean to have a spirit of excellence? If you have a Bible, you can turn over to Daniel chapter, chapter 6. When it comes to excellence, these athletes, they have a spirit of excellence. What would you, what would you say to an athlete who just didn't turn up? You were coaching an athlete, and this athlete said, I've got a dream. I'm going to be a gold medal champion. Oh, come on. That's fantastic. I'm going to coach you. Right? For the next four years, I want you up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I want you to eat this, eat that, eat the other. I want you training at this time, training at that time. And the guy doesn't turn up. What do you say to him? I say, you cannot be serious. You cannot be serious. You're not serious. You're not serious about being an athlete. Because if you want to be serious about being a gold medal champion... If you're serious about moving forward, then you need to turn up. These are the times. Make sure you turn up. That's the first thing. Because if you're not going to turn up, then you're not serious. And I want to say to you, if we're serious about our Christianity, then we need to turn up to our soul groups. Hallelujah. We need to turn up early for church. We need to turn up at the prayer meeting. We need to ask ourselves some series of questions to say, wow, is my life lined up with the things of God? Am I going into the week thinking, regardless of what's going on at the cinema, Regardless of what's on at the TV, regardless of what my friends are doing, regardless of what my family are doing, I'm going to make sure that before anything happens, God is first. Because I want to be a gold medal champion for Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be recognized in heaven first. Amen. I want heaven to notice me first. And when heaven notices me first, then I want to make a difference in the life of my family and my friends and my job. Excellence can make the difference. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. I'll read from verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors whom Daniel was one. And that the satraps might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to set in him over the whole realm. Wow. Look at this verse. Daniel had an excellent spirit, and because he had this excellent spirit, because people could see that he was excelling, he was going the extra mile, he was spending the time in the detail, he was making a difference in his attitude, in his mind, the king said, wow, there's no one like Daniel. There is no one like you. I'm going to put you over the whole area, over the whole land, over the whole realm, because you have an excellent spirit tell you, if you're going to get promotion in your job, it may come through prayer and fasting. But probably it's likely to come because you have an excellent spirit, because you have a good attitude. People see the excellence inside your life, the excellence, the good character that you have, and then they say, wow, you, Daniel, you're going up here. I'm going to put you overseer over the whole realm because you have this excellent spirit. Sometimes excellence is the difference between winning and losing in your training. You can put the training in, in your prayer life. Sometimes, you wonder sometimes, don't you, what's the point in praying? Anybody often wonder that? What's the point in praying? I prayed and it didn't make a difference. I fasted and it still didn't make a difference. But I tell you something, what happens in prayer 
is that God starts to cover and protect you. And even though you don't get the answers that you want, suddenly you get a spirit of peace. You're no longer in tears when you pray or tears under the circumstance. You're no under pressure anymore because you have divine peace that's upon you. And God seems to take the pressure off you. He seems to take the stress upon his own shoulders because you've committed the things that you want to him. And what happens when you don't pray? All the pressure of life starts to come up on your shoulders. That's what happens. And so prayer makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference. And it's that 15 minutes in prayer that can make a difference in your life. Sometimes when you're praying and you prayed for five minutes, you didn't get the answer, so you left the prayer closet. You didn't get the answer to prayer. Sometimes 15 minutes can mean that you put that extra bit of energy in, that extra bit of praying in, that extra bit of submitting to God that, will, that you will need to get the breakthrough that you need in your life. 15 minutes, I want to propose to you that 15 minutes is a spirit of excellence. I pray for an hour, but I'm going to put 15 minutes extra in. I've been in church the whole day, but I'm going to wait 15 minutes more until I get my breakthrough. Maybe the pastor will lay his hands upon me. An attitude of excellence in everything that we're doing. I remember hearing a, a message from one of the ministers at Elam, and he was saying 15 minutes is sometimes the difference between life and death. And this guy, he told the story how he was a minister, a youth pastor, and how he, he was doing his doctrine at, at the same time. So he's trained to be a youth pastor, and God was blessing him, but he was doing 60, 70 hours at work. And nothing wrong with that. He was pursuing his doctrine, and uh, he was pursuing the ministry at the same time. But the guy got so tired. Often we make mistakes when we're tired, don't we? The devil comes and starts to, to persuade us to do other things. Our attitude gets challenged. We don't want to do anything anymore because we're so tired. We're vexed that people are requiring us to do more because we're tired. We just want to sleep and go, go to bed and rest and recuperate. So this guy got busy and he started to tell a story about 15 minutes could have saved a lady in his workplace. This lady had come in. She had a perforation of the bowel and he didn't think it was too serious at that time. So he sent off the scan. After he'd been working the whole week for 60 or 70 hours, he was tired. So his mind was on something else. His mind was not on saving this woman. His mind was on getting a couple of more hours sleep so he could get in the morning and go back to work. He thought, this is my chance. There's a guy coming in who's going to take over from me. So I'll send the scan off and I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to sleep. Now he said, when he was preaching, he said, you know what I should have done? I should have sent the scan off. And before I left, I should have found out the scan result. I should have put that 15 minutes more to find out what that scan was saying. And then I could have had the changeover, explain to the next doctor, this is what's happening. And this is the procedure that this woman needs. But no, he didn't do that. He went out and he went home and he went to sleep. He got up in the morning to find out that the woman had a perforated bowel. And she needed to go into theater straight away. And what happened that night? She lost her life. And he tells the story, he said, if I had just put that 15 minutes more into what I was doing, if I had just excelled a little bit more, gone the extra mile, then that woman's life would have been changed today. That's, how, that's what happens when we don't have a spirit of excellence. But I want to encourage you today to raise up your level of your Christian walk and to have a spirit of excellence in everything that we're doing. In the 2.30 service, Gable is away, but he'll be back, I think, in two weeks' time. And... Uh, he wants to encourage you guys to get involved in the 2.30 service. They need more stewards, don't they? 
Matt. You know, they need people to welcome people in the service. I mean, I don't know how many people's here today, a couple of hundred people. But you know, when you come in, it makes a difference when someone's on the door shaking your hand or giving you a cake. Anybody know how to make cakes? Hallelujah. Excellent. You know, you want to come and you want to feel welcomed. You want people at the end of the service. When people have gone, you want to go up to somebody and you want them to pray for you because you have needs. But there's nobody here. What about you volunteering? Say, hey, I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to welcome people. I want to go the extra mile for people. It changes the whole environment of the church when the people of God decide to volunteer. The Bible says people will be volunteers in the day of my power. And it's Colin's heart and vision here at the church that every single one of us would rise up in our gift, in our call. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says that the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, and the apostles and prophets are there to equip who? The saints. Who are the saints? You are. Hallelujah. Point at your neighbor and say, you are. You are the saint. Hallelujah. You're the saints. You're the saints. The people are here. The leaders are here to equip the saints for the work that God has called you to do. And when everybody does the work of the ministry together, it's going to completely revolutionize the church. I want to encourage you today to become a gold medal disciple. Hallelujah. A gold medal disciple. Number eight, I'm going to quickly go through these. A gold medal disciple, he deals or she deals with weaknesses and hindrances. Number nine, I believe that a gold medal disciple is a team player. They don't just think about themselves and their own cell group and what they're doing, but they think about the whole picture. Kensington Temple, London City Church, the whole picture. Hallelujah. And number 10, those who are gold medal disciples, they inspire a generation. That's the banner of the Olympics, isn't it? Inspiring a generation. I don't just want to be uh, an Olympic athlete. We heard that Usain Bolt, he said, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to continue because we've got Blake in the wing and in the wings. Maybe he's going to be the next gold medal champion. They're thinking about others. They're positive. They're thinking about their other team members. They're thinking, well, how can I get other people to move forward with God? That's a gold medal champion. I'm going to ask you five questions, and you can write them down if you're taking notes. What areas of spiritual discipline do you need to improve? What areas of spiritual discipline do you need to improve to be a gold medal disciple? Number two, what is your biggest challenge to discipleship? What's your biggest challenge to meeting new people and discipling them? Number three, what are you doing to improve yourself on a daily basis as a disciple in the vision of here in Kensington Temple? What are you doing to improve yourself? Number four, do you have a spirit of excellence and a good attitude when it comes to church life? Are you a part of the church? Have you owned the church? And number five, is your eyes fixed on the prize? Is your eyes fixed on Christ? Is your eyes fixed on what Christ's agenda is? Souls and disciples. Let's bow our heads in prayer right now as the band come back. We're going to pray together right now. I'm going to ask you in this place that we've been talking about being a gold champion, being a gold medalist, and in the spirit of the Olympics and the different things that are going on. But every one of us want to improve. We all want to move forward in the things of God. Now I'm going to ask you today, in the name of Jesus, if you've not moved forward with God today in this place. We've been talking about being a disciple. Maybe today you're not even a Christian. You've not believed in Christ as yet. You don't have forgiveness of sins. You don't want His to, to go to heaven because you don't have a relationship with God. 
Well, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I'm going to ask you today, if you want to believe in Jesus, if you want to become a Christian, if you need his forgiveness in your life, I'm going to pray this prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer after me. And then I'm going to ask you, if you want Jesus in your life, just to lift your hand. So say this prayer out loud. Everybody pray. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you right now. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Today, today, I choose to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. For today, I believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want Christ in your life today, I want to pray with you right now. You prayed that prayer and you want his forgiveness in your life today. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand in the air right now because I'm going to pray for you. Lift it high right now. You know when you lift a hand, you're not lifting it to me, you lift it to heaven. And heaven sees that hand and says, wow, there's a man or a woman who's deciding to follow me. Lift it high right now. Join Christ's team today. Hallelujah. Lift it high. You need his forgiveness. You need him in your life. Thank you. You Lift it high right now. If you lifted your hand, just stand on your feet right now because I'm going to pray with you. Together, we're going to pray with you as a church. Just stand on your feet right now. Thank you, Father. Stand up. Thank you, madam. In a few moments, some of the members of the church are going to spend some time praying with you because this is the most important step, moving forward with God, moving forward in your relationship with Jesus. Father, I ask you in your mighty name that right now you would cement the decision that these people have made. They've stood up and they've said, today I'm following Christ. I'm following Jesus. So Father, I ask you today that you'd make them born again. New life would enter them. You would break the power of the devil and sin and the hindrances that are hindering them. And that today would be the day that they move forward as a gold medal Christian. Completely saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I want us all to stand right now. We're going to pray together as we finish today. If you want to be a gold medal disciple, I want you to lift your hands in this place today. And I want you to pray that prayer to the Lord. Lord, make me a gold medal disciple. Make me a gold medal disciple in everything that I'm doing. Everything in my attitude, in my heart, in a spirit of excellence, in my focus, in my training, in my reading of the Bible, in my commitment, in my daily discipline. Oh, Father, just begin to pray in tongues right now. Lift your hands to heaven in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray that prayer together right now. What are the changes that you need to make today? What are the things that you need to do to make a difference for God? Oh, hallelujah. Father, I ask you that the Spirit of God and the Spirit of excellence would come upon this 2.30 service today. Thank you for Gable. Thank you for the team here that's working hard. Thank you for their passion, Lord. Thank you for this study, Lord God. And we ask you today, in the name of Jesus, that many people in this place today will desire to be a gold champion for Jesus. Lord, that they'll be the best that they can be. They'll do the things you've called them to do. They'll be focused. They'll be disciplined in the name of Jesus. They'll be consistent when it comes to disciple-making. Lord, oh God, give us that 15 minutes that makes the difference, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just grab the hand of your neighbor right now and just lift their hand to the Lord and begin to pray for them right now. And begin to pray, God, make them a gold medalist. Make them a gold medal disciple. Oh, make them an excellent disciple maker in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, let an anointing come upon them today in the name of Jesus that they would make a difference for you. Oh, Father God, the 250 or something people that are here today, Lord, let them make a difference this week in their world. 
Oh, God, let them meet people. Oh, God, let them bless people. Let them encourage people. Let them get people part of the church and part of the teams, Lord God. Revive them, Father. Let them find out what you've called them to do and help them to move forward in the name of Jesus, helping and equipping your church, Lord, in Jesus' name. If there's people in this place today who need to go to Bible school, Lord, oh, God, stir them up, provide the money in Jesus' name. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, do something new. Do something different, Father, in the name of Jesus. Anybody's in change today, anybody who can't move because of situations or circumstances, break the shackles on their feet that they would move forward to be the person you've come to be in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give Jesus praise right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, God bless you guys as you leave today. Don't forget, R.T. Kendall is speaking at the 5 p.m. and the 7 p.m. on the topic Forgiven God and his new book as well. If you do know anybody, if you want to come back tonight, if you're going for a short break, then invite people to come tonight. We all know that when R.T. gives an altar call, people get saved. Hallelujah. And so if you want to go out and do some evangelism in the area when the fair is going on, invite people to church tonight. We're going to believe God that people are going to get saved tonight in Jesus' name as R.T. speaks. And just a reminder as well that if you want to get involved in the 2.30 service, Matt and the team are down here. You can go and speak to them right now. And also if you want to get involved in Carnival, this week at 8 o'clock is the volunteers meeting. You can fill out a form at reception today. God bless you guys.